This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios, National Mortgage Lender, Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets and hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Jim, baby, you let me down. I remember this time. Oh, you know what? It wasn't this time. It was after the bowl game against South Carolina. And I said a lot of things about Jim Harbaugh that could come off mean-spirited. But I thought they were all true. And I was willing to take all that back. I was willing to say, hey, the patience paid off. You got your quarterback. You got your running back. You got your defense. They're flying around. The revenge tour is here. I was ready to do all of it. You let me down, Jim. You didn't break my heart. I wasn't that emotionally invested in you. You play shirtless catch. It's a little weird for a grown man to do. But you let me down. You let down Michigan fans, and honestly, you let down the Big Ten. Because yesterday, folks, it was supposed to be a coronation. Yesterday, Jim Harbaugh was supposed to become King James, except he ended up like Czar Nicholas. It was supposed to happen where he was supposed to go to Columbus Michigan was supposed to go to Columbus, number four in the country, and finish the regular season revenge tour to do what they had been talking about for all year long since Shea Patterson transferred from Ole Miss all the way up to Michigan to take over that offense. And it started out tough. Started out tough. They lost on Labor Day weekend against Notre Dame, and it was, oh, God, here we go again. Bunch of excuses for Jimmy. A bunch of excuses for Jimmy Harbaugh. And then one after another. They started to win. They started to get things rolling. They went through the Big Ten. They beat the breaks off Penn State. They got through a bunch of other play, a bunch of other teams. And then here we were, Ohio State, Michigan, number four with a bullet, looking as good as possibly good could be against Ohio State, who came in with everything going against them, at least everything a one-loss team could have going against them. Their defense had given up 51 points to Maryland. They won by five against Nebraska at home. They had 16 first-half rushing yards versus Michigan State. The offense, stagnant, barely a running game. Offensive line, enough to throw up in your soup for. Defense, totally non-existent. They were getting called out for not having heart. Eddie George said that they were dysfunctional. 
Urban Meyer's future was called into question. The brain cyst, the headaches. Could this be his final time with Ohio State, Michigan? And could Jim Harbaugh be the undertaker to lay him six feet under in his coaching career and win this game and Urban Meyer at Ohio State and put Michigan football back at the top of the Big Ten? It was all there, Jim. All there for the taking. The Big Ten Championship, the playoffs, and it didn't matter if you were to go out there and get your heads kicked in by Alabama. This could be one of the greatest football teams we've ever seen with this Alabama squad. It didn't matter because you were back to where you were supposed to be. And people were rooting for you. I'm talking to the proverbial you, but really I might as well be talking to Jim Harbaugh right now, even though God knows he's not listening. People were rooting for you. Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. They're number two in the nation. They're undefeated. Nah, you know, we've we've seen that before. We've we've seen the sell job. We've seen him get on the buses. We had the whole Deshaun Watson thing. We've seen it before. The whole Kelly Bryant thing kind of left a bad taste in our mouths. The ACC sucks this year. <laughs> Whatever. Alabama, hey, you know, Nick Saban, he's mean-spirited. He, he yelled at Maria Taylor on the sidelines after a game. It's just same old Alabama. Blah, it's blase. Ugh. Notre Dame, God, people don't even like Brian Kelly. I don't think Brian Kelly's own family likes Brian Kelly. They like Notre Dame. They don't like him. They're 12-0. and 0. And here's Jim. Here's Jim Harbaugh putting Michigan back where it's supposed to be. I'd say wake up the echoes, but that's for their most, well, their second most heated rival or third most heated rival. I'm sure that State would have something to say about that, but it's still one of their chief rivals. But there they were again, and it was supposed to be hail to the victors and wake up. If we want to wake up echoes, get Bo Schembechler going again and talk about the team, the team, the team, the guy who was coached by Schembechler, putting them back to where they needed to be. No more of these outside guys. No more Rich Rodriguez. No No more frauds like Brady Hoke. Jim Harbaugh was back in Michigan. The prophecy was there. You had a chance to be the greatest. You had a chance to play with the big boys, to put yourself in the postseason. And you had a chance to end your chief rival and possibly end his career at Ohio State and you went out and he gave up 62 points and lost by three touchdowns. If it doesn't happen now, when's it going to happen? Ohio State, for the first time all season, looked like they had highly recruited guys who cared. Actual killers. They didn't look like that with TCU all this year, with the exception of the Purdue game when they got absolutely slaughtered. With the exception of that game, all this year they got by on one thing, talent. That's it. They, they were a better team, more talented team, not even a better team, a more talented team than Maryland. Maryland, they cared. Matt Canada, he's got those boys caring. You bet your ass he's got them caring. Mark D'Antonio, they're still not that good. He still had them caring and getting it up to beat Ohio State. It's Ohio State. Everybody gets up to play Ohio State. And it seemed that 19 through 20-year-old kids, they, they just didn't listen. They just didn't get it, and everything was a mess. Nick Bosa had gone. He was the backbone of their defense and obviously more of a leader than we gave him credit for, and they just couldn't seem to get it. And every time they were challenged, they just made it out and skated off their great talent and just 
worked it by on their sensitive ass and were able to get over the hump just by being a better talented football team. But there was no heart. There was no feeling. There was no courageous play by any of these guys. You had that from that team. You had a major league distraction from Urban Meyer's future. And, oh, let's not forget the Zach Smith scandal. That's still basically not over. Zach Smith's still tweeting through it. Good God. You had all that going for you. I mean, what else could Michigan have had gone their way before that game? I ask you. Could Dwayne Haskins have gotten hurt? That's the, that's the only thing I think that could have changed anything else. And it shouldn't even even matter. They came into Ohio State. They came into Columbus, a team that had won, what, 13 of the last 14? They were favored on the road. Favored on the road in Columbus. How often does that happen? Certainly not over the last umpteen years. Certainly not with this Michigan squad, but here it was. It was there for the taking. And Jim, you couldn't seize it. In the words of Alec Baldwin, they were waiting out there to give you their money. Aren't you going to take it? Are you man enough to take it? And now it's all true again. No playoffs, no Big Ten championship. Just broken dreams, broken promises, and a whole lot of what-ifs. That's what your career has turned into. It was that way in the AFC Championship game with the Colts. It was that way in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. And it's that way against your most heated rival. You've done a ton of winning. You've done a tremendous job at Michigan. You've brought Michigan back from the depths, a program that had no business being down there in the first place. And you got them going again. And you had a chance to put the crown jewel on top of everything. And you let it ride down your pants. You didn't just lose. You were humiliated. A team that had no heart coming into this game found it. They killed you. They beat you. And they rubbed your nose in it. And I'm not talking about Shea Patterson here. I'm not talking about any one of these other players. I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh. That was intensely personal. I can't compare it to a reverse in 1969. Ohio State came into that game. They were 8-0. They had won the national championship. They were number one in the country. Michigan was coming off a series of rough years. It was Bo Schimbeckler. It was a chance to resurrect after a 50-14 to beating the year before. It's the year in 68 where Woody went for two because he couldn't go for three, and Michigan was able to get him. And one of the greatest upsets, the greatest upset in the, in the history of the rivalry, You could say Jim Trussell's first year, regardless, fine, but I still think it's going to be 1969, and obviously a lot of people are going to remember that. It wasn't that big, but boy, it was close, wasn't it? And so now it's all true again. Second place, first loser, not even in the Big Ten championship game. See it, what, the Outback Bowl? Great. What a fantastic season. It should be more, Jimmy. It should mean more. There should be more. Ohio State holds themselves to an extremely high standard. They have four billionaire backers. They have four billionaire boosters. And, yes, I understand. Probably they're crooked. They've done some nasty things. I understand that. Totally get it. I'm not sitting here extolling the virtues of great Ohio State football and saying that Ohio State is a better, more balanced, more greater football team that holds itself in higher regard than anything else because they're backed up by their own creed and their own personality. That's not what I'm saying. They flat out win. And they flat out win more than you. And even with a world of distractions, and and, and a world of distractions should be underlined quite literally. They didn't just beat you. They kicked the hell 
out of you. They kicked the hell and made it personal out of you again. Gold pants, a freshman showed up in Chris Olive, who you can barely pronounce his name right, and he will now go to his grandkids' show and tell and get to tell that story because it's legendary. Why? Because Big Bad Michigan was to come in that day, and Jim, just like what it was back in the 90s and what it was in the Super Bowl and what it is here, you couldn't finish the job. So now... All those nasty things that were said is true. Michigan is a good football program again. Michigan can do a lot of winning again. They can do that, thanks to Jim Harbaugh. Thanks to him. But the shirtless catch, the staying the night over at the recruit's house, the Judge Judy appearances, or maybe it was Judge Joe Brown or whatever the hell the daytime judge was, it's all there. If you win and you win the biggest games, it's colorful. If you lose the biggest games, you're just a weirdo, and then at times it works against you. And if it wasn't this year, when's it going to be? I ask you, when's it going to be, Jim? You had your QB, you had the whole deal. You had the revenge tour. And now the swag that you had created, the swag that you had gathered Throughout this season, it becomes false now. They're deaf words, hollow, that fall on deaf ears. You had that glimmering shot, that golden shot to prove that Michigan was back again. And on national television, in front of God and everybody, I can't point the fingers at the players. They're young men, they tried. It went the wrong way. But I wonder about the preparation. I wonder about the feeling. And for the first time all season, Ohio State made a legitimate argument to be put into the postseason. For the first time all year, quite literally all year, an Ohio State fan can look up above the clouds, pump out their chest, hold on sooner fan, we'll get to you, and actually make an argument for the playoff. You were supposed to bury him and curb stomp him, and that was going to be the end of it, and throw Ohio State into a level of disarray they haven't seen. What you have become at 0-4 against Ohio State, you have become Michigan's John Cooper right now. That's what you are. 855-2124-CBS. For Ohio State, there's a couple of things here. For one, this is why and I, people hate my guts when I say this. This is why you keep it at four. I might meet you at six, and I like to get into the whole money thing where, you know, you can't play, you can't give eight teams because then you start playing 16 games. And I know you guys talk about buys, but you could still have a team run the table at number eight, and then they're playing 16 games, and now you're playing as much as the big boys, and then you're not getting paid, and then you give me the whole stipend thing. And then we just go down the road. I love to talk that money, and I love to say, and then people fire back, well, get rid of these early conference games or get rid of these early non-conference games. And I'm thinking, yeah, but the teams that you love – that start to break down these barriers. Teams like UCF at one point had to go play the big boys and get paychecks to build up their program. And a lot of programs out there, they don't have college football unless they go play these big-time schools at the beginning of the season because it doesn't just pay for their football program. It pays for their entire program, their entire athletics budget. When they go and they go to Oklahoma on the road in September or when they go to Ohio State or Michigan or, or, or USC on the road in September, they get that paid for and then they're able to actually you know, field an athletics program not just football the whole thing but we don't always think that way do we 
But I'd love to put that out, but it just it takes time and it's tedious. The argument's for it right here because now we actually get to have fun. Before it was going to be tidy. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, number three. I'm sure some UCF fans would be upset about that. Notre Dame, number three. They're undefeated. Sorry. I know they don't play in a championship game, but it's Notre Dame. And then number four was going to be Michigan. Maybe Michigan over Notre Dame. Who knows? Hell, before this last week, I was willing to say that Michigan would beat Notre Dame on a neutral field. And now that number four comes into question. If Alabama takes care of business against Georgia, then Georgia, you're out of there. Washington State, they already did you a favor. They're out of there. West West Virginia before, they're out of there. And now you have really Oklahoma and Ohio State. And the intrigue and the fun plays into it. Because now Tom Herman's going to go try to win the Big 12. But by and large, he's going to try to do his arch nemesis a favor at Ohio State. Because if Texas wins that, then Oklahoma you're gone. And the one with the black hat, the one that everybody hates, and let's be honest, because of what happened over the over the offseason, the reprehensible stuff with, with Zach Smith, either way, disgusting to put that into the light, and something we know definitely did go down in some light. Now they have to answer to that, because if Ohio State takes care of their business, and good God, who knows if they really will, because they have been mostly Jekyll and at one point hide so far this year. If they take care of their business against Northwestern, you better hope the politicking doesn't come around here sooner, fan. Sorry, one has a bigger budget, one makes more money, one has more people traveling, one plays for a conference that makes more television revenue. It just makes that political sense. I'll I'll, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll say what I can about Kyler Murray here on the radio. I'll agree with you about that offense. I like Lincoln Riley. I love what they've been able to do with that offense. But Ohio State, even though their defense has been trash, has given up fewer points. Ohio State had themselves a Great big quality win just yesterday against Michigan. Can't necessarily say the same against Oklahoma. So basically what you have to do is take care of your business against Texas, which for Texas, it's hard to beat a team twice. Take care of your business against Texas, have the higher ranking, get yourself in, or if it's close, sweat it out if Ohio State takes care of their business and looks good because people who say style points don't matter, it doesn't in the NFL here with the big boys of college football, it absolutely does. You got to win, and buddy boy, you got to look good doing it. The fun has just begun. So in turn, Jim, even though I just called you the John Cooper of Michigan, I have to thank you. Because before, everything was going to be so simple. And now, we have chaos. Now, we have fun. And you have Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is the Ken Carmen Show. When I start to think about the college football playoffs, I start to cackle like, I swear to God, I start to cackle like the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Because it's just so beautiful. And you stay at four, and you know whoever's going to get five is going to be so mad. That's why I love, I I really do. Now, if you just do a quick Twitter search or do a a quick Google search, you'll find out exactly what city I'm broadcasting from. And, of course, people go, he's a homer. He's a homer, of course. No, it's not that. Michigan fan would even admit it. You know. You know you messed up. You know you messed up greatly. You know you didn't just mess up. You messed up in a historical fashion. That's what you did. And now you have created, but I thank you because you've created fun. You really have. You've created a quagmire that, for you Michigan fans out there, I mean, I wish I could give you each and every one of you a kiss. 
not just losing, but getting hammered by Ohio State. And Ohio State goes from 10th to 6th in the AP Top 25. God, I can't wait for those rankings for the college football playoff to come out. Because now, Oklahoma fan, hey, I love you. I love you because the team that I do cover and I and I and I do I, w- I will homer out for no 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 chance about it I will admit I I want him to do well and I will wear that on my sleeve uh, they got your QB your old QB and he is kicking ass and taking names and I'm loving every single second of it so Sooner fan I love you but I got to tell you you got to be nervous right now you play in the Big Twelve and you just got a championship game again. But you play in the Big 12, it's not the moneymaker the Big 10 is. You know that. Hey, easy. You know that. You know that. And if the politics get involved, ooh, sweet Jesus. Because Georgia, if Georgia loses coming up this Saturday, which they more than likely, they more than likely should, Alabama stays numero uno, Clemson should stay at the number two spot, Notre Dame doesn't have a game to play, they should stay at either three or four, and then it just be really becomes a question of Oklahoma. Now, Ohio State needs to take care of their business, and Ohio State has not shown really a pulse other than when they played against Michigan just yesterday. So I, I need to hold my horses on that. But if you don't take care of the business against Texas, if you get a one-point win and Ohio State beats the brakes off Northwestern, who people do love, they love that they got in. If Ohio State gets a 20-point win or, God forbid, does what they did against Wisconsin, which I don't know if they will. Pat Fitzgerald's a, a, a proud coach. That's a proud team, but I, I don't know what you're going to get out of Northwestern. They played Notre Dame tough less than a month ago. They got beat by Akron at the beginning of the year. So I don't know what you're going to get with Northwestern. But if Ohio State kicks the hell out of them the way that some people are thinking they could, because now I haven't seen that team have any sort of a killer instinct whatsoever this year. Hey, the politics get involved in on this. And then we start talking about the quality of wins, and you beat number 19 Texas, uh-huh. And now you got, what, a win over K-State where the coach is probably going to step down. Sadly, I love Bill Snyder. I know that there's been some people saying some things about him. Cliff Kingsbury got fired. Gundy's had an off year. KU, you got that coach. That coach is fired on West Virginia. They've been a disappointment over the last month. Ohio State has a win over a top-five team. Looking for yours. (sighs) Don't know about that one. Don't know about that one. 855-2124-CBS. I'm on your side. I really am. I love Kyler Murray. Love Lincoln Riley. I'm on your side. But, man, if you let those politics get involved, you know what's going to go down. And then we'll start the 16 thing. We'll start the 18 thing. And then I'll just love every single second of it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Matt Merchel going to join us next. Orlando Sentinel. We'll talk college football with him coming up at 11. We'll talk some more NFL. And at midnight Eastern, I've seen the future of the NFL. I have to say, I really don't like it. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-212-4CBS. That is CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. And it's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance, college football playoffs, obviously heating up. Ohio State, they've thrown their hat in the ring. Oklahoma, they've had it in for a long time. In Michigan, they've been due. And to break it all down, we welcome in Matt Michelle, Orlando Sentinel, college football writer. He joins us right now on the hotline. A lot of firings going on around college football as well. We'll talk about those. Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So who's your top four now, brother? Well, I think it's got to be, obviously, Alabama's number to be number one, Clemson's two, and Notre Dame's three. 
I think this week Georgia moves into that fourth spot with Michigan losing. I think they're going to push their way in there. I think then you'll see probably Oklahoma fall into that five spot. And then maybe you see Ohio State move up there and, and maybe jump into that sixth spot just right outside the, uh, the top four spots. So what does Oklahoma have? Because, all right, you know what? Because you're down there in Orlando. So I'm wrong. I mean, you're in SEC country, so I don't want to make an ass of myself over here. Let's go. Let's go bit by bit. What chance does Georgia have against Alabama? Well, you know the way that Alabama's played, it doesn't look like they have. They will have a very good chance when you look at how the the Crimson Tide have played of late. I think if Al, if Georgia can run the football like they've been doing the last four or five games, I think if they can establish the run and they can kind of take advantage of maybe going after Tua Tagovailoa going after the idea that, you know, he hasn't played perfect uh, almost, you know, at, at times during the year, especially against defenses like LSU. I think they might have a chance. But honestly, Alabama has looked so good. The game against Auburn, I mean, they, they were, it was a close game going into the half, and then all of a sudden Alabama turns on. They're playing at a level way above everyone else right now. So Georgia's going to have to play the perfect game, as everyone pretty much knows. Oklahoma's defense is having a rough go of it. Uh, it's been well documented, obviously. They lost to Texas earlier this year in the Red River rivalry. I always want to say shoot up, but that's not politically correct anymore. Uh, it's tough to win a game for a second time against an opponent. Uh, what would you give the chances for Texas getting over the hump yet again against Oklahoma technically at a neutral setting? Well, I mean, I think they, they know the secret now. They know what it takes to beat Oklahoma. They saw that. I, I think they know that Oklahoma is – is definitely susceptible. You look at their defense, they give up a ton of, of yards, a ton of big plays. Oklahoma can outscore just about anybody, but they can't seem at times to stop them. They did a pretty good job against West Virginia late. They got a couple defensive touchdowns. I think if you're Texas, you have that secret. You saw what you can do before. I think you're just going to have to play pretty much you know, uh, turnover, mistake-free football. You're going to have to do those things that you kind of did the first time when you, when you won the game. And I think you're going to have to find a way to get to Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray, much like Alabama's Tui Tungvaloa, is very dynamic. He's a guy that if you give him the opportunity, he's going to take advantage of it. He's going to find ways to, to make big plays and to get in the end zone. So if you're Texas, your defense is going to have to play like it did in that first game, lights out, and it's going to have to kind of make things a little bit difficult for Murray. Matt Merchell joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at OS Matt Merchell. So if if Oklahoma wins and Ohio State wins, what does Ohio State need to do to prove that they're better than Oklahoma, being the number maybe the number six team wherever it might be uh, in the college football playoff rankings? Well, I think Ohio State kind of has to do what they did against Michigan this weekend. They're going to have to go and beat Northwestern, and they're going to have to do it very convincingly. They're going to have to put up a bunch of big points. They're going to have to have a strong showcase from their defense. And they're going to have to just basically hope that maybe someone above them can, can falter. You know, if Texas were to knock off Oklahoma again this weekend, I think that would help Ohio State's case. Obviously, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, then that kind of opens up that fourth spot. Then maybe you can kind of find your way into, you know, getting into the semifinal games. If Ohio State wins but they struggle and it's a tight game and Oklahoma blows out Texas, I kind of have a hard time believing that Ohio State could get into that fourth spot I think that's when maybe Oklahoma has their best case. And then you have to hope that maybe the playoff selection committee you know, looks at how you've played over the last couple of weeks, looks at who you've played at, and maybe decides which one of these two teams deserves to get into that, you know, get into the semifinals. 
tell you what, I agree with you on that. And it seemed that being over the last couple of weeks, there was the game against Nebraska, which Ohio State should have really ran away with. They never did. They never gave themselves any space. In the, a space. And then Maryland, I thought Maryland was really a battle of wills, Matt. I don't know how much you got to see of that. But it's a 52-51 game. And I'm thinking, you know, if you had any chutzpah whatsoever, you should really be kicking the hell out of a team like Maryland. But Maryland came and played inspired football even though there was more Ohio State fans at their own stadium, I thought that that was the red light for Ohio State. I'm thinking, you know, you got all these great players. There's no killer instinct. And then all of a sudden against Michigan yesterday, they turn it up. So it could end up being too little too late. How much does that play into the factor, not just the final score, but how much does that play into the factor with the, with the playoff committee, do you think, where, boy, they were winning some games, but they were still dropping in the college football rankings for this year? Yeah, I think it could be huge. Listen, I think the playoff committee, when you compare the resumes of, of Ohio State and Oklahoma, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to look at the losses. And they're going to look at Oklahoma's loss and say, okay, well, you lost to a Texas team who you're facing again this weekend. A Texas team who is, by the way, ranked you know, in the top 15, where Ohio State's loss is to a Purdue team that's not even ranked. So, you know, I mean, it, it looks a lot worse for them to have that loss. And as you mentioned, Ohio State has struggled in games which they should have won relatively easy you talked about maryland you talked about nebraska they haven't looked good to be honest with you the, the game against michigan this weekend was the most complete game that ohio state has played all season long so this is coming at the right time for them but again i mean they haven't looked good getting to this process and as much as oklahoma has been getting dinged for the fact that they don't have a great defense they're still putting up big points and they're still beating teams that were ranked you know in, in the top 25 so i think that's going to help their case a little much as well I want to ask you one more question about this line of of stuff. Matt Michelle joining us on the show, Orlando Sentinel National College football writer. I'm in the Midwest. Notre Dame is 12-0. Is there any case I can make that Notre Dame shouldn't be in the college football playoffs at 12-0, or is that just mental gymnastics? No, I mean, I I think they get in. I mean, I think once by beating USC, I think that puts them in there. I think you look at their schedule, you look at who they beat. Obviously, the win against Michigan takes a little bit of of a hit because of the fact that they lost Ohio State this weekend. But I still think the selection committee is going to hold that up high uh, in regards when they're looking at this team. You look at the fact that they've also had wins over Northwestern, which is ranked, Syracuse, which is ranked. Um, I think all those things together were going to help them out. Plus the fact you look at how they've traveled around the country. I mean, they've been on the road a lot, you know, and this is something that I think will will stand out a little bit. I think because they don't have a conference championship, there are a lot of people right now, though, saying, well, they don't have that extra game. Should they be allowed to put in there? But I think the committee is going to put them in there because of the fact that they played such a hard schedule. And I think they're already kind of locked into that spot. Now, whether it's going to be the three or the four spot, I think depends on what happens this weekend. That, to me, is going to be interesting because you could see Notre Dame maybe drop to the fourth spot if, like I say, Oklahoma or Ohio State plays really well or if Georgia beats Alabama. You know, I mean, maybe somehow that gets they get bumped out. So something like that could be the only thing. But I think Notre Dame's safe in the playoff race. I defend the four-team college football playoff. I think it's fun for guys like you and me to argue about who should be four and who should be five, who should be in, who should be out. I might be able to meet people halfway at six. I think it gets pretty unrealistic after that unless you make some serious changes to the regular season, and that probably means some serious changes to some athletic programs for some teams that we end up liking because they're a dark horse later on. I want to know where you stand on the college football playoff. Well, I've always thought that if they do decide to expand, I agree with you. I think four is very interesting. I mean, people argue all the time, you know, they they don't like the human element of the selection committee and they don't like how sometimes things are decided. But listen, I think when we had the BCS before that, I mean, we were only talking about three teams 
And this discussion was pretty short. It was only towards the last couple weeks of the season. Now with this playoff, we've been talking about this stuff for what, five weeks now, you know, ever Mm -hmm. since the rankings come out. I mean, so there's much more of an interest in what's going on, even from teams one through, you know, eight or nine, you know, who's going to get up there. So I think it's very much interesting. I think if they do decide to expand, I agree with you. I think six to me sounds really good. I mean, I think you could do six and maybe the top two seeds get a bye week you know, mm-hmm. going into the playoff. And I think that way then you don't have to expand getting into that 15th game or so. Because I think that's where you're going to see some coaches kind of push back. They already feel like the season is long enough as it is. If you get to that point, you know, you start to run into the, to the uh, you know, spring semester. You start to run into maybe middle of January. I don't think anyone wants to do that. They want to keep it at the time frame they're at. I think going to eight would kind of push into that. So I think to me six would be perfect if they ever do decide to expand. Matt Michelle joining us on the show. Had some firings. They're already hot and heavy. I was surprised my guy Matt, Mike Sanford got fired already. I know it was going to be tough, but boy, only second year in. I, I know that it was tough this year at West, Western Kentucky, but I thought that was a little bit of a quick quick hook for him. But uh, we're seeing the stuff, and I, and I was looking at your Twitter earlier today. We're seeing what happened with uh, Larry Fedora, where he got let go. Could Mac Brown really go back to UNC and be the head coach of the Tar Heels? You know, I mean, it sounds like there's some interest there. I mean, I definitely think Mac Brown is interested. I always say this time of year, the busiest people are the agents, the coaches' agents, because they're out there pushing, you know, their name, these guys' names out there for jobs. I think Mac Brown is interested. You saw, I, I think there was some speculation maybe if he took the job, he'd bring in Gene Chizik again. There was something about maybe Cliff Kingsbury coming as OC. Um, listen, I, I think North Carolina wants to go in a different direction. Obviously, they feel like, you know, Larry Fedora wasn't what's going on. Um, I've never been a big fan of, of, of retreads, but Mac Brown has been out of the game for a while. Maybe he feels like he's energized. He's an older coach. Uh, maybe he could come in there and kind of provide some stability. I still believe that if I was North Carolina, though, I would look for like an Appalachian State at Scott Steyerfield. I would bring him in maybe. And you know, he's a guy that's done great things at Appalachian State. I think he could do the same sort of things at North Carolina with their facilities and the money they have with the ACC. Matt Michelle with us on the show. Find him on Twitter at OS Matt Michelle. How surprised were you that Clay Helton got to keep his job? You know, I was a little bit surprised. I, I thought because of the way the season had, had had so much promise going into the preseason and then the way things have kind of gone. I know they've had some injuries. I know JT Daniels is a is a young guy, young quarterback, and he had he was hurt for a bit, and that's kind of you know, changed some things. But I also think when you look at this USC program they haven't had that much stability over the last decade. You know, they've had a lot of coaching changes. You saw what happened with Lane Kiffin. You saw the, the short term with Steve Sarkeesian. I think they're trying to maybe get a little bit of stability there. It's got to uh, help their recruiting. They know that they've been hurt by that over the last couple months. Uh, if they were to make another coaching change, they would have to find the guy that best fits what they want to do. And if that guy really isn't out there, if it was going to be James Franklin or someone else, and they don't think that there's going to be interest there, I don't think they want to just settle for somebody. I think they want to find the right guy for that program. They feel at this point Clay Helton is that guy. I think he gets one more year, and if they can't seem to turn things around, uh, you know, I, I think they'll make a move. But it's going to be tough because now all of a sudden you're, you're seeing guys like Chip Kelly at UCLA. He kind of came on strong late. You know, you're seeing how the Pac-12 has changed a little bit with some big-name coaches, Mark. It's not going to be easy for USC next year. Man, Michelle with us on the show. What about Cliff Kingsbury? He got let go. Any inside line of who ends up at Texas Tech? No, you know, I, I think what's interesting to me is I saw some scuttle that maybe Dana Holgerson might, you know, is, is unhappy at West wow. Virginia. He might be a name that would, would come down there and go to, to Texas Tech. I think the thing about is any coach that goes to the Big 12, same sort of situation with Kansas and Les Miles is, I wonder if maybe 
You've had the young guy. You had the guy who's tried to do things with offense. Maybe it's time to bring in a guy who's a defensive-minded coach. You know, I think if the Big 12 really – you wanted to shake things up, you're bringing a guy who maybe can, can have that, that tough scout defense, maybe a top-10 defense in the country. Those kind of things could help out maybe, you know, and maybe change the, what maybe some of the, the look of the Big 12 is. So maybe you look around. I, I know Seth Littrell over at North Carolina or at uh, North Texas is a name that's been mentioned a little bit. Um, whether you go with a young guy, a guy maybe he's only just been in the business a couple of years, or whether they go for a more experienced coach, I definitely feel like Texas Tech is probably a pretty good situation in the Big 12. Whoever gets that job's got uh, got a lot to work with. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner? That's Tua Tungvaluwa. I think he, he made a big statement this weekend in the Iron Bowl. I, I think people wondered a little bit how he was going to perform. You saw what he did against Auburn. Again, it's just been unbelievable uh, the way he's performed. And he's not really even played much into the fourth quarter of games. I mean, Alabama's been so dominant this year, um, and he's been the, really the big reason for that. I think Kyler Murray's going to finish two. Um, to me, maybe Dwayne Haskins pushes his way into third or Gardner Minshew. But I just, too, uh, I just think two has had such a big lead so far in this race, and I, I think he kind of separated himself even more this weekend against Auburn. What did you think I was going to ask you that I didn't ask you that you were surprised I didn't ask you? Um, about the seven overtime game against LSU at Texas A&M, <laughs> probably the best <laughs> game in college football um, this season. Um, unbelievable performance, and you know, just—I uh, mean, I, I was on the road and got back just in time to see the last. I think I saw all seven overtimes, and um, just unbelievable football. And, and it, you know, you didn't have a rooting interest, obviously, in any of them, but it was just great to see. And I think it's always fun when when coaches, uh, you know, go through that kind of thing. I love it. Matt, thank you very much for the time, my friend. You know we'll run you down again. All the best. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Matt Michelle joining us on the show, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter, at OSMattMichelle. Seven overtimes. I love I love Ed Orgeron. I defend Ed Orgeron. 74-72 was the final. You watched some of those passes and some of those catches those guys made? You remember that? Was there the seven overtime game? I remember I got to see Eli Manning against Arkansas live in the seven overtime game where they were walking around and like, I remember they were picking up the grass and eating the grass or something. There was pregame stuff, but then the, in the, in the rivalry game back when in Arkansas, we'll be back at some point, give Chad Morris some time, but the rivalry game between Arkansas and Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and those two teams are going at it. They went at it for seven overtimes. I'm watching some of that game. I ended up, I had to go to bed. I still had to go. I've made it through like three overtimes. And I'll admit, I was like, eh, okay, fine. I wish I could stay up for it. Now I gotta, now I gotta get the, I gotta get the bed. I got early pregame stuff I gotta do. So I know I'm a major league bastard for doing it, but it ended up going Texas A&M's way, which Jimbo will get you going. Some people were saying it was a wasted year. I don't think so. You got to get that thing going in the right direction. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Coming up at eleven forty. We got Bob Glober coming up next. A little bit of college football, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.